Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The great Mike Piazza. Good morning, Michael. How are you, pal? Hey, good morning. Good to be with you. Nice to uh, nice to have you back. You know, it's funny. Uh, I played the Chris Russo piece. You know, you've heard of Mike and the Mad Dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I saw I saw Chris a few months ago. Actually, we had a, a really cool benefit for the Italian American Baseball Foundation, um, which is a group that had helped a lot with with the WBC, which we obviously finished fifth in the tournament, <clears throat> representing Italy, which was one of my coolest experiences in baseball. But um, yeah, so so I uh, we go a long way, yeah. Yeah, a long way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm aware of what your Italian team did, and all those, and you spent a lot of time over the years with that baseball team. So congratulations. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. So it's going back and forth, Mike. Should I play dog or should I play the home run? And my guy said to me, listen, Mike's heard that home run a thousand times. I mean, come on. And, and like I said, I don't want to reduce this unbelievable career, yeah. maybe the greatest ever, to one at bat. But you know, because you were on with me 9-11 this year, that 22 years later, how much that meant to this city. This city's falling apart, Mike. You're in Florida. You made the greatest move you ever could have made, trust me. Uh, <laughs> so, so thank you on behalf of all New Yorkers for at least giving us for a little while some semblance of normalcy. <laughs> Well, uh, listen, I, I believe I've always been positive in my life and my career. And I just think things could go in waves. And, um, you know, the only good thing about going through tough times is that eventually good times will have again. And, I mean, you know, our friend uh, Mayor Giuliani, I mean, he came out, brought the city out of a very dark spot. So, um, I mean, I believe in New York. I, I, I played here, obviously. My, my heart is here. And I know the people of New York. And. I just think it's sort of indicative of what the history of the city. There's always been tough times, and eventually there will be a white night and someone to get us going again and turn this back, turn the energy around and get New York back to where where it should be, and that's the capital of the world. I mean, you still travel, and I, I spend a lot of time in Europe now, and I, and people still love New York. People, it's it's just um, unfortunately tough times is is part of life. Yeah. And we got to get through it, and um, you know, not to get political, but I just think generally over the course of our country, we've always responded to adversity, and that's part of the American way. And it seems we're very divided now, and we are. I mean, there's a lot of very deep arguments and deeply held sentiments that people are very passionate about. And so, looking at it now from 10,000 feet or being away from the U.S. a little bit, I mean, people still believe in us, and we need to believe in ourselves and i i think that's the most important thing i think that's well said i mean you have to understand mike when i hop back on i-95 north okay this is very similar to the interjection commercial when we were kids schoolhouse rock when one guy jumped up and said hey i'm rooting for the other team so i'm on i-95 north i'm the only guy there there's like ten thousand cars going south. See you, sucker. But uh, I actually decided I wasn't. The courts didn't make me do it. The cops didn't yeah. make me do it. I wanted to come back to New York, and and for the most part, it's been great. And for my career, it's been unbelievable because I've gone to this brand new space of of um of fame. 
But what I see every day is somewhat depressing. But like you said, I'm here to stick it out. I ain't leaving. I, I lived in Boca Raton for 16 years. I'm staying here. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it really comes down to what, what like you, you put it eloquently. I mean, what's best for you? I mean, I, I've always found that um, in, there's different needs in life because we all have responsibilities. And for me, obviously, having starting my family a little later in life, most guys have their kids younger. So I started a little later. And so it's all about my kids. I want to give them the opportunities and sure. the um, experiences that I never had. So I'm more you know, international, spending time in Italy and and Florida for me, I mean, I've been in Florida. I went to Miami-Dade College back in 1987, 86. So it's like, mm. um, it's always been home for me. I mean, and so like, I mean, but I'll always love New York. I always love coming here. I mean, this is the great, I mean, I have so many deep, you know, close personal friends here. And it's still great to come and, you know, have a stay and walk around of and just, just enjoy the city. So, yeah, I mean. Look, again, as I've said before, it really comes down to that. I, I believe in the people. I believe in the character. I believe in the heart of the city. And so we're going to get through it. So there's your personal. Uh, no, I like what, uh, no, but trust me, I like what you're saying, Mike. And uh, yeah. not only uh, did you go to Mary Day College, but don't forget you had that incredible week with the Miami Marlins. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I tell people, I mean, I, I think it was, I have, I think, I don't know the numbers. They're like 10 days, but I mean, like nine RBIs, and I had a triple, believe it or not, as a Marlins. So think about that lottery ticket. I mean, if you would have bet that, I would have a triple with the Marlins. It's kind of crazy. I remember that, too. I remember that triple. I remember the whole thing. But you actually experienced, before we get to the modern-day Mets, talking about highs and lows. In one year, 2000, you're in the World Series. Now, we lost... In fact, I still thought, I'll never forget, it was at the ESPN Sports Center, uh, Sports Center, ESPN restaurant on 42nd Street in Times Square. Mm-hmm. When you hit that ball, and uh, I thought it was God, and Bernie Williams caught the ball in center field, and it was all over, we were done. But still, just to get to the World Series and take on the Yankees, that's 2000. One year later, we've got 9-11. You experienced almost, you did lose, but almost the ultimate yeah. high, and the ultimate low in one year. Yeah, and it's, that's true. And I think that's sort of indicative of this city. I mean, a lot of guys just couldn't play here. I mean, it was uh, it's just part of, as you are as a, as a player, what defines you and what you're able to sort of um, play to. And, and for me, it was like, I, I don't know, I just was given this God-given, I had this God-given ability to focus and since I kind of came through the back door in in sports or in baseball and given that opportunity, I just lived. I played with reckless abandon. I wanted to be on that stage. I, I had nothing to lose, and I think we're seeing this now. And a lot of guys, the way they react or the way you sort of react to expectations. And I, I early in my career never had expectations, so I put the highest expectations on myself. So when I did, did become successful in rookie of the year and started. To, then I just figured, hey, I'm I'm just like uh, you know, the, <laughs> I'm like the ugly girl at the prom. You know, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. So right. I didn't really have a lot of. Um, uh, I just kind of really lived my life in a way that was reckless and, and in a way that I didn't. I had this certain amount of apathy as far as I don't care. I'm going to go out and do my best. I'm going to yeah. go out and leave, leave it all on the field. And so I think most players would benefit from that attitude instead of worried about expectations and and all the pressures that we put on ourselves and that others put on ourselves as well uh, put on us as well 
Well, you were never the uh, the ugly girl in the room because you've always been very handsome, my fiance. <laughs> 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 but I, that's a metaphor. I, I, I'm going to get some tweets now. Like, what do you have against ugly people? Oh, you will. He's, you will. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike Piazza hates ugly people. Um, that's the country we live in today. It's crazy. I know, Mike, but it is crazy. Uh, uh, let's get to the the modern day Mets. You you heard the piece I played from Russo. Beningo said yeah, the same yeah. thing yesterday, and it was all based on what I said, which is being honest. This is the least excited I've been for a Met season in a long time. And I like Cohen. I've met Steve, nice guy, but he's got a lot of money. We didn't spend it this year. Maybe he's waiting until next year. But as a guy that is still in the organization, can you give Met fans any reason, honestly, Mikey, honestly, any reason to think we've got at least a, a chance at the playoffs? Well, I think because of the format has changed. I mean, you don't necessarily have to win 98 games to get into the playoffs uh, as when I first came into the game, you did. And I think that's a good thing in some ways. And in a ways, it's a bad thing because you kind of set your expect your bar too low. But um, I, I just think, look, it's hard to win. And the season is long. And I think for people to come out and have a defeatist mentality at this point, uh, to me, doesn't make sense. Um, is there issues? Of course. <laughs> that's why we get the big bucks, Mike. <laughs> well, no, and that's listen. That that's part of this machine. I get it. You know, it's not. I don't think anyone is going to crown them World Series champions in spring training, and co- consequently, even for teams that are spending the money, like the Dodgers. I mean, they still have to go out and do it. And as they've learned in the last three years, coming off of the the COVID when they won the World Series, I mean, it's not easy. Um, because again, uh, any team can beat another team on a given day. It's the, it's the sort of quest of the season and the difficulty of the season. I mean, if you look at the Mets last year, I think what June really will kill them. They had a horrible June. Yes. It was, it was, and that sort of just shot the season in the foot. Um, and I think going forward, you have to stay off that roller coaster. I mean, when you have bad months, it's part of the game, but you have to be able to recover from that. And you can't put yourself in a nosedive that's unrecoverable from. But listen, it it comes down to, I think this team would really have to be defined as the guys that aren't expected to to do or contribute what the the big guys are. They're going to have to definitely contribute. I hate to use the word step up because I've heard that uh, that, no, that line drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. But but I think collectively as a team, I mean, you look at the Braves when they, they won the World Series without their best player. Um, and people seem to forget that. And, and Acuna is an incredible player. I mean, he can do everything on the baseball field. But still, they were able to collectively put their heads together and say, hey, we, this guy's hurt. We got to find a way to compensate or overcompensate for, for not having him. And I think – Generally, as a team, you have to you, – the one thing I've always been blessed, or at least when we had the Mets teams I played on the, the, the two years, we kind of knew what we were capable of doing, and we kind of knew we had to prove it more to ourselves instead of proving the media. I mean, the media – look, the writers are going to write, uh, you know, the, the, the coaches coach, writers write, player, players play. I mean, Roy Campanella told me in one of my first spring trains, he said, Mikey, just play the game. Don't don't worry about the expectations, and like you said, that that's what you guys get paid the big bucks for. I mean, that's the the pundits and the critics, and and that's fine. But as a player, you have to find a way to block that out and play. And I think, look, you have to have a balanced team. You have to have a team that doesn't really rely on one particular aspect to win. You have to have a good bullpen. You have to have starters that can 
I mean, starters aren't expected to go deep into the game anymore. They're only expected to go around the lineup twice. I mean, I learned that in the classic. I mean, it was unorthodox for me because that's not the school I grew up on, but nonetheless, that's the game today. And and the manager, I think, is, is going to have to collectively get together with the GM and the staff and really figure out a strategy to compete over the long haul. Because you can win the, you know, it's funny, um, we lost the first game of the, the opening day in, in 99, and one of the re- reporters asked me, oh, my God, you guys are expecting We also lost opening day. What does this mean? I said, well, it means we're not going to win them all. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think I that mean, year you went to the NLCS and lost yeah, to the Braves. Yeah, we had a great team. Yes. And arguably, it could have been a little bit better team than the 2000 team. Yeah. We lost Johnny Oleru. We picked up Todd right. Deal, did a great job. Um, 2000, we had Timo Perez, who, who came out of nowhere. And unfortunately, we were there because of him. But then the first game, I think, where he thought Todd hit the home run yeah, and got thrown bad. out by Jeter at the yeah. – uh, yeah. so these things I kind of, I think, led to our defeat that year, not just a, a collective um, one moment in time. But, look, I mean, it, it, are we going to say it's going to be easy? No. I mean, and, and I think as Mets fans, traditionally, they always have a little bit of a – Oh, what's going to happen now, or what's going to, you know, what 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 wrong can happen today? And that's just something that me, as a player, or at least now, still saying, look, uh, it's a long year. Um, yes, they have some issues they need to address. Um, and Steve, like you said, has a big checkbook. But I mean, just because you have the money, you can overpay for mediocrity. And and that's the one thing I think he needs to guard against, or at least what I'm seeing. And you have to build a culture. I mean, I talked to him last year, and he. We had a nice conversation. I said, look, you have to build a culture of winning. When you went to the Braves or the Yankees in the 90s, you knew you had to play and contribute. And that's the one thing I think you have to try to build in today. And today it's tough because the change, the turnover is very quick Mm -hmm. and the demand is high to be successful right away. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.